Welcome back to Never Settle. Today I have founder of Sarah Maxwell Beauty. Sarah Maxwell, thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. You know, as being in the service industry for years, I was in um, you know fitness, well-being. There comes a time where we say, "I'm doing well, but can I do something greater?" You know, there's a ceiling, and I think you being a beauty industry leader, like literally coming from another country, you're here in Los Angeles as well, and you have thrived being a top leader in lash brow services. What moment? Did you decide, you know what, I think I want to do something a little bit more. And we're going to get into all of that because it's a really big topic that I want to share more on in today's episode. So first, let's start with what got you into the beauty industry and what exactly your specialty is. Um, Okay, I actually went to university in Canada or fashion, and I thought that's what all I wanted to do. I wanted to be like a stylist, a buyer, a window dresser. Like I, I really had my eyes set on fashion. I actually moved to England, and my next door, my next door, right after college, and my next door neighbor was um, a makeup artist, and she was like up and coming. And at this time. It was like the early 2000s and Mac was like the place to be, right? Like if you had a makeup artist job at Mac, like you had made it basically, you had like <laughs> made it. I don't know if you remember those times. I do, but it was, I do. It was like, it was like a thing. Um, and she was like, listen, like styling is such a schlep. You don't want to be a stylist. Like you're really great at doing your own makeup. Like you, you have a color theory background and illustration background from, you know, your years at fashion school, like just be a makeup artist. And when you're 23 years old, you're like, yeah, just be a makeup artist. <laughs> like, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and so that's how it kind of started. So then when I moved, well, that's how it did start, not kind of. So when I moved back to Canada um, after living in the UK for most of my 20s, I thought I still want to continue to do this. So um, I was able to get an agent and just as life would have it, I ended up in LA. Um, my dream wasn't always necessarily to be in LA. Um, but when I did get here, my, my ideas were kind of set on doing, um, movies. So I liked the idea of being on set. I liked the idea of like period pieces or like a little bit more of like intriguing makeup, but as life had it, I ended up having, um, a daughter and I decided like, I don't want to be on set like 15, 16 hours a day and then try to raise my daughter on my own. I just like, don't think that that, like you can't, I, I don't, you can pick both, but I don't want to pick both. So um, during this time, somebody had approached me and said, we really want to teach you how to do lash extensions. And I said, what are lash extensions? Because nobody, <laughs> like nobody was really doing that or had that. And I was so reluctant, almost like stubborn to go do the training. I ended up going to do the training. It was three days long. Um, It was gifted to me. So I don't know why I was being so stubborn. And I really fell in love with it. And I thought it was so interesting and so unique. And that's kind of how my, I guess, expertise into lashes and brows and eye products and all that started. That was like the starting point into that part of my career. And then as I started working, you know, regularly with, um, a pretty big, robust clientele, 
I was listening to all the needs and questions and what, what do you think I should do with this? And wait, I'm supposed to do that. I didn't know you should do this. And so I thought, wow, like I need to create a brand, not only for my clients that I can teach them, um, stuff that I think is basic, but obviously is not basic to the general public. (laughs) And, and that way they can have like these products that really are, were created by somebody that does this all day long, you know? So it's not like, we're just like, Oh, let's make a, a brand. And we don't really have a backbone to support it. We have me working with, we, I still service clients um, weekly. So I'm constantly hearing what they like, what's new, what they've tried, what they're interested about, what they're curious about. So that really helps help me transition to the product line. And as that kind of evolved, I started seeing other people in my position as like an artist or an esthetician or whatever, wanting to do something similar. So we started doing um, our trainings for professionals. So, you know, it's obviously more about doing the lash lifting because that's what we're really well known for. And we do have a professional line of lash lifting products, but also we teach them like how it's achievable to do the things that I have been able to do so far. And so just to clarify too, for listeners, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not, um, who you've worked with, you know, it's, it's, there are people who have been in the industry for a long time. So they're asking you questions from a place of, you know, I've, I've been in, like you said, in film and, you know, in, in Hollywood, LA, and, you know, they're coming to you for expert advice and you have the answer. So you really did your market research hands-on and you're hearing yeah. the questions, <laughs> but it's recognizing the opportunity as well to say, you know, I, because you can just tell one person and that's impactful. However, when you start creating the trainings, you start creating the brand, that's where it sounds like you're thinking, wow, this can be something much, much bigger. And so when, when that moment happened for you, what had you think in product? What, what came first, product or doing the education component? Um, I feel like, you know, I always think of that, that like success graph that you sometimes see on social media where it's not like a straight line. It's like all squiggly and, and like messy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I my life. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it happened. I think it happened somewhere in that, those lines. So it's like, I wanted to do the training and then there was a product I wanted to launch. And so then that took off a little bit more. So the training got put on the back burner and then, you know what I mean? So it's like, they, they were always ideas that I guess came to me around the same time, but they get attention in different, for different reasons at different times. Right. So it wasn't like a progression, like do lash services, do trainings, launch a product. It was like, do lash services, think about doing a training. Then I decided to like, when we came up, for example, which I'm probably skipping ahead with one of our products, the brow mask, like I couldn't not, I couldn't sit on it because it was a unique product and we, and we wanted to be the first to market with it. So I kind of had to say, all right, I have to put my attention here. So this, these other things kind of have to take a pause. So that's kind of how I tend to work, <laughs> which I think most people probably do, right? It's not that straight line of do this, check that one off, do this, check that one off. Well, it becomes a priority, you know, so how, on yes. that note, how do you manage your priorities with a multi-tiered <laughs> 
business. I know as we're both laughing, both of us are probably like, is it that squiggly line? I, I don't know. That- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know what? I like just from a, like a general everyday thing, I try to break my day up into sections because you do have to focus, right? Like there has to be that a bit like you can't be. So I try to do, uh, I know, for example, that I work better on my product line and my training manual curriculums and all those type of like computer type work, I would call it in the morning. I know that that's a good time for me. I'm more clear headed. I'm a morning person, et cetera. I know that I, at this point, which I would never do, I could service my clients with my eyes closed because I'm just, it's like, I've been doing it for so many years. I know my rhythms and I know what to do. It almost has become, um, like meditative for me a little bit. Um, so I know that I can do those things later in the afternoon, or I don't want to sit in the front of a computer at six o'clock, but some people do. So I break up my day based on what's going to work for me best. Like I don't try to force myself into like, at si- you do all your clients first thing in the morning, because that's when you should start work. And then at six o'clock, you have to like grind till 9 PM on the computer. I know that doesn't work for me. So sure. I, I, I try to split my day up in a way that makes sense for my personality and how I work best. And that makes the most sense for your, yeah, where you're breaking it yeah. up. We're like some people, some creative people are like really good at one in the morning. I am not that person. I'm with you there. I am toast at that time where I would rather wake up early. So it really comes down to finding your own personal rhythms to make it happen. And then as you start to to add in, and I would love to hear a little bit more on your signature product, the the brow um, lift mask. The mask, my apologies. Please. And I have one of them. You you gave one of them to me. We (laughs) met at the Founder Made Events. Can you tell yes. us a little bit more where the development of that particular product came about and um, you know some of the science behind it? Well, that's the perfect example of a product that came to me because of a conversation with a client. Beautiful. That's, ex- exactly, <laughs> that's exactly how that happened. So I was working with this particular client and she said to me, you know, it's so weird because it was when the sheet masks became really popular. Yes. There's a a mask for everything, a lip mask, (laughs) a a cheek mask, an under eye mask, a full face mask, a neck mask, everything. But you know what we don't do? We avoid the brows. Why do we avoid the brows? I I was like, that's so interesting. She's so right. Like why? I mean, I'm a lash person. I know I can do brow services. I obviously can do brows because I'm a makeup artist, but my my, um, my focus had never been on brows. Now I've become almost people call me like a brow expert. I'll take the compliment. Do I do brow services a lot? Not really. Like I don't wax or, or tweeze, but I know I do the lamination, but I don't really get into, like, I don't, I don't promote it as something that I do. Right. Um, but when she brought that up to my attention, I left her house and I was thinking, she's so right. Like, why don't we mask the brows? How would we mask the brows? And I noticed as a makeup artist, because so many women use retinols, that their brows were always flaky. Mm. So I'd go through and like brush them with like a clean spoolie before I started doing like, you know, the, the, sh- the brow pencil, the brow gel, the brow powders, whatever you're choosing to use. 
And I'd be like, oh, why is everyone's brow so flaky? So, um, and it's like something probably most women never notice because they're probably not just like dry brushing their brows, right? Like that's not something that like you do. So I was like, it actually is a need. So um, when I, so I text her because it's just the type of person I am. I'm like, can I make that? She's like, Sarah, what do I care? Like, I'm in fashion. Like, I'm in fashion. Like, it's your idea. Like, take it. Like, I wouldn't know how to produce that. So take it and do what you want with it, you know? Um, and so it honestly, I, I, I don't know um, if most people know this, but it takes forever to develop something. And it took me like three years. And I always felt this like sense of urgency, like somebody's going to do it first. Somebody else is going to do it first. True. But it's very true. And it's like, especially when you have that idea, you almost want to... jump the like claim it like yeah Yeah. like claim it (laughs) but you can't yet I know I understand that yeah so uh I find like trust me there was a ton of trial and error there was a ton of people telling me like no like I don't think that's gonna work like there was uh you know obviously I read oh not obviously but I do research all the ingredients all the formulations like I check them against several uh websites that I really trust in terms of like um you know if they're good for you, like if it, if this product is going to cause cancer or this perfume's going to cause, like, I don't use perfume fragrance, but if it's going to inflame you, like, and then I study the marketing ingredients be- behind, you know, its main actives to see what they're actually doing. Right. So that all takes time. Like, does this make sense for the brow area? I do all the formulation myself. So I have to check into all the ingredients and what they do and why they do. And a lot of people wondered why I didn't put um, a growth serum or like a growth factor into it, but I didn't want hair growing all over the place because I wanted to be able to mask the skin around the brow as well. Cause that's going to give it that lifted effect, the tightening, um, keep the pores healthy, the hair follicles healthy, all those kind of things that we weren't doing. Right. So a lot of different processes. Yes, because I admittedly, I have something for my brows that I use to help it grow back in. I had fun as a teenager and decided, let's pluck and see what happens. Yay. And of course, like they, it grows back. But uh, later in life, now getting them to grow in in certain areas, but the area around it, absolutely, because know, maybe too much sunshine, whatever it might be. I'm not really looking to go get needles today. However, having something because there's, there's collagen in it, there's um, your formula itself. There are other ways that will help give it that little lift. And as you're saying, that's not dry and flaky as um, most people will come. Exactly. And listen, it's just like another layer. So growth serums are great. Um, We have a growth serum for lashes and brows. I think that it's important to also use that. But I think for that extra kind of love that that area doesn't necessarily get with other products, that the brow mask works well for that. And also, I mean, it's very good for um, aftercare for product, I'm sorry, for services like brow lamination, which is super huge right now. Or even if people are still getting waxed, you get that kind of inflamed skin around the brow area, I put a brow mask, like I don't really tend to get waxed, but if I do, I put a brow mask on and it takes the redness down immediately. Good tip. Now, if Mm -hmm. you were to say to your younger self or to someone else who's listening, they're currently in the service industry, be it like yourself doing lashes, brows, or even 
you know, who knows, yoga for perhaps, uh, what would be the suggestion or perhaps potential tips you would give to them if they were thinking, is there another way that I can go about this to increase my reach to an audience, but also make more money? Because in the service industry, you're limited with the ceiling sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And you're also limited in terms of like a burnout or how many clients can I do in one day and how much can I realistically charge them without you know, feeling like I'm taking advantage. You, you, you come to that kind of point where you've like hit that top where you can only do so much. So like there's different ways of approaching it. Some people would choose to bring on a second instructor or a second service provider or whatever. So you can always go that route. I, ch- I chose not to do that right away because I felt like that is not the way I wanted to go because I wanted to go in a more creative way where that to me ends up being more management of another person. Right. (laughs) Right. And I didn't, and I didn't necessarily want that for myself. Some people like to take that leadership role on in that, in that way for, for me at the time, that wasn't the way I wanted things to go because of my clientele and just, you know, um, being able to work with a certain clientele, they're not always going to want the, the, the second version of me just because of, I've been lucky enough to work with a certain group of women in the LA area. Um, so it didn't work well for me. Most of them are like house calls. They're not coming into a studio. Mm. So it's not like, Oh, I can't see Sarah today. I'll see Rebecca. It, it, It wasn't able, it didn't work out that's not how my um, service um, business runs. So I thought, how can I still be creative? Because I like being creative. And I had done um, product development for other big makeup brands um, earlier on in my, my makeup career. I came on as, you know, like an artistic director, excuse me, an artistic director um, contract, things like that, where I was able to get into the lab and do, um, product development with them. And, and it really interests me. So I thought, well, why I'd like to try to do that on my own for myself and my own brand. So I think it just really like, it really depends on where I guess your second passion or your next passion is leading you. Right. So is it, I would like to mentor a, a staff and would I like to be a leader of a staff? Would I like to train other girls remotely or in person and still maintain that communication with them and help them grow their own single businesses, whatever kind of industry that lies in? Or do I want to start the journey of approaching the masses and giving them something that everyone's going to enjoy, whether it's like mascara, a brow mask, the growth Mm -hmm. serum? I think it really depends, right? Or like a, a yoga mat or a yoga brick or whatever new things happen in the yoga world, right? Sure, sure, sure. Well, great tips. And, you know, clearly you're thriving and I'm so glad that we connected. And I, as any, it's any person who's been in the service industry, you know, it's insightful as well to hear you're, you branched out and decided, you know what, I don't want to settle with just doing this one thing. I want to thrive and do something bigger and you're doing it exactly that you know you're at the founder made event reaching thousands and beyond the one-on-one clientele you're now educating 
and empowering many, many, many more. So Sarah Maxwell, thank you so much for being on today, for sharing your experience, your expertise. And, um, you know, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. We're going to drop all the links in the show notes below for both your personal beauty and um, the products that were mentioned as well. And then stay tuned. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, Never Settle, for more upcoming stories that empower of founders, creators, and innovators in the respective industries. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you.